0: Potatoes is recorded at GLB Studios. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back. Hopefully, my name is Jody and I'm a nurse. Uh, last year, I was able to successfully lose about 40 pounds and maintain it just through some changes in the way that I think about food, exercise, wellness. And I'm here to share all that. We're not selling anything. There's no special diet, so enjoy. And I'm Gina. I'm Jodi's sister, and I'm here to provide some input from a mental health standpoint. I'm a therapist. I also have struggled with my weight for my entire life. I recently lost 80 pounds, and then I gained it back. What's interesting to me is how our thoughts and our behavior and our habits have such a strong influence on our overall wellness. So today, let's talk about hunger. I'm hungry right now. Are you? I think that I am, but But maybe I'm not. How do you know? Well, that's a very good question. (laughs) And we're gonna answer it. Yay! So in our episode about hunger, is where we're, what we're going to talk about today. I think something that I did that was really valuable is learning when I'm hungry and when I'm not. Because I would eat based on the clock, not necessarily when I was hungry. And the idea of even asking myself, are you hungry? Mm-hmm. Had never occurred to me. It sounds so stupid, but we grew up where you just had breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and it was part of your routine. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, it's lunchtime, it's dinner time, we're going to eat. And I didn't change my portions or adjust what I ate based on any signals from my body at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. It was just. It's dinner time, we're having this, I'm loading up my plate, and that's what we do. Yes. And I, of course, grew up in the same household. You and did? I did. We're actually sisters. Yay! You, do you remember I'm, me? Yes! <laughs> I really like you. Oh, good. I really like you. I'm glad we're sisters. Yay! Um, but, so, I recognize how much of our lives are surrounded by food. And, of course, hunger plays a big role in that. We can convince ourselves of almost anything. Mm -hmm. And we can talk ourselves into and out of almost anything. So if you told me, Gina, you have to be starving right now. You've barely eaten in the last 24 hours. And I really paid attention to what you're saying. I would likely convince myself that, you know, you're right. I am hungry. And I might start to think of some, you know, gurgling in my stomach as it being empty. I might start thinking about, well, you you know, I have really haven't eaten that much food. Um, but the opposite would be the case, too. If you said, wow, Gina, you've really eaten a lot in the last 24 hours, I would punch you in the face. But then I would be, you know, crying in the bathroom, but I would still be evaluating how much I had eaten, and thinking, "Gosh, she's probably right. I really have eaten a lot in the last 24 hours." And so, our own reaction to our body has so much to do with external variables and what's happening. You know, especially if you live with people and you're trying to time out meals, trying to line up everyone's hunger. Especially the bigger your household is, and is is very challenging. Mm -hmm. And I know when um, my parents moved in and lived here, trying to line up their hunger, because they definitely, especially my dad, he would definitely eat by the clock. You know, he could see what time it was and it was like, is it dinner time? And, you know, I don't know that he ever really paid much attention to his hunger. And so lining all of that up, I think, can be challenging. Mm -hmm. Sometimes our our perception of our hunger is so distorted mm-hmm. compared to how much food we need to actually fill our hunger and satisfy our hunger and that's something that's been a takeaway that I have had in just doing this podcast I have really started to think that I would I would recognize when I was hungry and I years ago I couldn't even do that but I've been able to recognize okay I'm hungry But then my assessment of how much food I need to satisfy that hunger was two and three times bigger than what it really needed to be. I would portion things out as if I had not eaten in days, even though it had been hours, (laughs) minutes sometimes. For example, portioning out um, some pasta. I would put a whole plate thinking oh and and hopefully that'll fill me up i'm really i'm really hungry so i've been mindful of that and mindful of the idea that i don't have to have a huge plateful to feel satisfied mm-hmm. that likely after you know a normal portion size i'm going to feel satisfied and the idea that satisfied doesn't equate to overstuffed and I think that I often would associate the two. I wanted to be overstuffed. I wanted to be so full, I never wanted to look at food again. And in my mind, that was a victory. Mm-hmm. Even though now, I, I don't believe that to be true. And I think a lot of our listeners would agree with that. You know, most of us know rationally, I shouldn't stuff myself. You know, I should listen to my hunger. But actually doing it is a different practice. For sure. Many times when I get that overly full feeling, I'm miserable. And I often think to myself, why did I do this? And then I repeat the same Mm -hmm. pattern. And I think in the United States too, we also load up our plate as if we're never going to be able to get food again. Right. But I think we get like nervous. We have a fear of hunger. Yeah. And fear of not being full. It's all. It's very irrational. Very irrational. Very irrational. And for some, you know, it likely is connected to times in your life where you really were hungry. You really didn't know when your next meal was coming. Um, it can be tied to you know a lot of different things. But regardless of why we have that, we do. But do you know why? Why? I'm gonna tell you. Okay. Because of that caveman brain. Mm-hmm. That is how we used to eat. So we lived Mm -hmm. in that whole scarcity mode, and then when there was a big kill, you would um, indulge as if you were never going to eat again. Mm -hmm. And that is how our ancestors survived. So that is wired in our DNA to do Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So now that we live in a place where we have a grocery store and refrigeration, we don't Mm -hmm. have to eat like that anymore. Right. But there is this very strong kind of biology where... We still have that looming in the background where mm-hmm. we better fill up. Yes. We don't know where our next meal is coming from. But now that's not very realistic for us. We have most people, and I assume most people listening to this podcast are in a place where if I want food, I can get it, mm-hmm. you know? And so I don't need to hoard my food items and believe that no, what I get my hands on is good enough. Right. Because hunger or hunger is my enemy and fullness is my friend. Mm-hmm. So, but we get into that mindset, and biologically, we're drawn to food. Yes, because it it keeps us alive. So anything that keeps us alive, we naturally have a need and a, and a draw toward. Right. But sometimes we wish we could dial that down a little bit. Right. And the thing that's we're trying to convey is you really can. Well, and I think it comes down to our own our own locus of control. How much control do we believe we have over our life? Mm-hmm. And we often discount the things that we do have control over, and we overly focus on the things that we don't. But it really, you know, there's so much that we have control over. I think mm-hmm. that it's easy for us to say, you know, oh, it's just on the cards for me. Oh, I'm just going to look like this when... Um, you know, or I'm just going to feel like this forever, or I'm mm-hmm. just going to have this lifestyle in front of me forever. Or, you know, we often throw the talent and give up when we have so much more control than we believe that we have. Food is a great example. I have, as an adult, I have control. And as an adult with money mm-hmm. that, and not living in a scarce survival situation, Yes, I have control over all of my food. I can choose what I eat, I can choose how I eat, when I eat, and um, yet I continuously believe that I can't. In a restaurant, I can't control the portion sizes, Right. so one of the things we have to be aware of is what am I ordering, and do I know that this is like three portions in Mm -hmm. front of me? Just because it's on a plate doesn't mean that it's one portion. Not a bit. Right. And usually it's not. Right. Because people want to get their money's worth. We went to a restaurant and they had a shrimp po' boy. Mm-hmm. And it came out and it, was, it looked like it was on a hot dog bun and there were three shrimp on it. Right. And I thought, well, that's probably enough food. But everyone in my party said, oh, that's not even worth the money. That's just a bite. It's just a bite. <laughs> just a bite. <laughs> yeah. This place is horrible. Why would they do that? They're shorting you. And so I think restaurants don't want that bad connotation Mm -hmm. of, you're going to come here and not get your money's worth. Right. So they just load up. And some of that stuff, it's like pasta and stuff like that. It's so There's such an upcharge that they're not losing money to do that. Mm -hmm. But what we've started doing is when my husband will cook or will make something and there's a lot of leftovers, he'll say, next time we're going to cut this in half. Mm-hmm. Or we'll go to a restaurant and say, next time, we should split this. Right. Because there's really more than what we need. Right. Absolutely. And I love the idea of splitting something. Unfortunately, most people in my family have no interest in eating what I'm eating. Mm-hmm. Because in a restaurant, is about the only time I can add onions and peppers and different things like that. And all of them, they'll still pretend to gag. Just sitting next to it at the table, but they—the idea of sharing with me is kind of slim to none. Sure. So well, I would order off the kids menu sometimes. I—I mm-hmm. have I, never encountered a restaurant where they've said, "You're not a kid, you can't have that." Right. Because I'm paying for what I'm eating. So I used to think that they would give me grief about ordering off the kids menu, but I've never had that. Right. Now, if you're someone that you don't clean your plate, then this would be. It's more about what's a serving size. But some people just have that mm-hmm. issue, myself included. And it's good just to know yourself. Right. And to know where your, where your vulnerabilities are when it comes to food. Yeah. We grew up cleaning our plates. Right. So that was a huge change for me. Mm-hmm. And I still struggle with it. And I was talking to our mom recently about that. And she said, well, but her parents and our dad's parents grew up in the Depression. Mm-hmm. Where you cleaned your plate. Right. And my response is it's better for me just to put less on my plate. Right. Because if I know that about myself, right. That what I put on my plate I'm going to finish, and that's hard for me not to do that, then I will start with less food. Right. And manage that in a different way. And if we go to a restaurant, I will tell myself, just eat half and see how you feel. Right. And that is very hard for me from someone who always cleaned their plate. Yes. Yes. And it's hard for me too. I have considered, now I haven't actually done this, but I've considered something like asking for a box when they serve you your meal at a restaurant and are it automatically putting half in the box. So that it's it's not there. So then you eat off your plate and then just eat it and out then of the box. You eat out of the box. <laughs> the rest Se- of it secretly in the bathroom. <laughs> but yes. It's great for weight loss. And I'm not going to cut back on my food because I'm on a diet or because I'm following this diet. It varies how much I eat based on what I need. Mm-hmm. So I am not telling people, whatever you eat, cut it in half. That doesn't work. But what I'm saying is, I started with what is a portion size. When I'm starting to get hungry, I'm going to eat, regardless of what the clock says. And I'm going to stop when I am comfortable, not uncomfortable. And there are different hunger scales. I've heard of like a zero to ten... Uh, two uh, minus two to plus two. Mm-hmm. I recommend if that helps you to to find a hunger scale that works for you. We're not saying you have to do any particular way or pick a particular scale, but if recognizing your hunger is something you've never done before, you're not in the practice or the habit of doing that. Sometimes those hunger scales can help. The other thing, though, and when you were talking about restaurants and your husband. Um, I, it reminded me of this other phenomenon, which is fear of missing out. Yes. If I go to this particular restaurant and they have these biscuits that I love Mm -hmm. and they have this meal that I love, but yet I know that. You know, I can't eat those things. What happens? I feel like I'm missing out. Right. And I sit there and I don't enjoy myself at all. Mm. And so all of those emotions that go alongside of it, instead of taking it, I'm not missing out on anything. You know, why do I think I'm missing out if I don't eat the entire plate of it? Yeah. I'm not missing out. Right. I had some of it. I did. I ate. I ate it. It was great. Or I'll come back. Right. This isn't the last time... I'm ever going to go to Applebee's. Right. <laughs> I say that. Every time. <laughs> Never coming back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we have this sort of the world is ending tomorrow. I better enjoy this right now. This kind of seize the day, live in the moment. But when it comes to our assumption as to whether we're going to ever come back to a McDonald's drive-thru again, mm-hmm. you know, I can come back here. You I know? can come back the same day. Yeah. If I really want to. Yeah. Mealtime is, why do I make it such a special thing? Right. I'm going to do it again in about four hours. Right. I can redo this again. Tomorrow. It's not my wedding where <laughs> I, it's my only shot, you know. Right. I'm picking my, yes, I'm picking like my wedding food. Right. Every day. <laughs> yes. And I think about, it's interesting, you know, I love cake. Like specific kind of birthday cake. I love it. To the point where I will get anxious about what kind of cake someone is bringing to a party because I want it to be a certain kind. Yeah. And, but it's almost as if I've, I'm never going to have cake again. You know, I right. treat every event like this is my only opportunity to ever have cake and uh-huh. it better be good. And yeah. like not, you're a prisoner and they're sliding yeah, it through the, like, and it's, you know, but why do I do that? And it's funny, before I lost on my weight, I would go to lunch with my friend and she'd go, Hey, do you want to split something? And I would go, No, I'm hungry. I want the whole thing. Yeah. And then I would eat my whole meal and I would be miserable. Mm-hmm. And I would say, Why didn't you make me split something? Right. <laughs> and she's like, When will you listen to me? Right. When will you listen? Mm-hmm. And so then I thought, you know what? I'm gonna split it. Mm-hmm. And if I'm still a little hungry at the end of the meal, then I'll just Eat, something, Eat else. something else. It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. But we somehow, we think that, we think that it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Or that somehow we've wasted our time, we've wasted our money. We are going to inconvenience everyone around us by doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, there, There's so many negative assumptions that we make that are just simply not true. But right. we just accept them as truth because we've kind of always lived by those standards. And, and I will say that... Part of my journey has been learning to be comfortable with hunger and not saying I have to sit with it all day long, but if as soon as I felt the pangs of hunger, if I almost panicked on one side of it or on the flip side, if I associated that with joy I get to eat, and it's this really positive thing. Either of those more extreme, intense emotions are going to lead me to making less reasonable decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, when we think about our reasonable uh, our, our reasonable side versus our emotional side, you know, regardless of whether our emotion is positive or negative, when we have a more intense emotion and that's really what we're listening to, we're less likely to think reasonably. And we talked about that in the fad diet episode, that a lot of fad diets keep you in this place where you're very hungry. And that's not a good place to be either. Mm -hmm. You're not very rational in that place. You're prone to binging, kind of worn down. And if you're very hungry, your body doesn't like that. So I don't ever want to get to a place where I'm really, really hungry. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, I don't want to get to a place where I'm really, really full either. So it's finding this area of I eat when I'm starting to get hungry. Right. Maybe I hear my belly growl and I think, Mm hmm, "Hmm, I'm starting to get hungry. Right. I'm not ravenous, so I'm still a rational human being. Right. I'm not... I'm never a rational human (laughs) being. Hungry or not. But I'll try. It's unrelated. In the name of science, I'll try. (laughs) Right. Because when you're starving... You can't help but think about food, right? And when you're stuffed, you can't help but think about the food you just ate, right? And right. evaluating it, and oh, I ate too much, and I'm going to gain all this weight. Being starving or stuffed puts you in this mindset where food takes the, fo- the food takes a priority. It's in the driver's seat, and I'm going to tell myself, just like you did, I probably don't need as much food as I think I do, right? And telling myself that every day. Mm-hmm. I don't need as much food as I think I do. And I will still be satisfied. I'm not going to walk around starving. My body's going to be happy. I'm not going to be miserable and run down. I'm not depriving myself of anything. I'm just going to run my body the way it's really meant to be run, right? I don't want to feel like I'm depriving myself. I don't want to feel like I have to sit around and be hungry all day. But I also want to learn that I don't need to overeat. I don't need to fill my plate. I don't need to order, you know, an uh, appetizer and bread and meals and a just a dessert to feel like I had a good meal. And so balancing those two and recognizing that I'm hungry – I need to eat, but that's I, I get to eat all the time. This isn't some special occasion. This isn't the, you know, once a year meal I get to eat. That was one of the main things that I did to con- to lose my weight was how much am I eating and right. why? And that is all I did. Mm-hmm. Nothing extreme. Right. People think that. They think if I go on a diet, it's very extreme. Same with exercise. Mm-hmm. That's why we talked about in our exercise episode, just find something you like. Yesterday, I took a 30-minute bike ride, yeah. and that was my exercise. It mm-hmm. was a beautiful day. Yeah. It's not like I have to run an Ironman marathon and swim and bike and just do all the things and kill myself in right. the gym. Or why even go? Right. Right. And so, if I don't want to eat lettuce and starve, then I guess I'll just be overweight and eat pizza. Right. And those are my two choices. Right. And that's not it at all. Mm -hmm. And there's a way to do it that you are in the middle. Right. But your brain is Mm -hmm. very black and white. So, you have to convince your brain. Right. Of, we are in the middle. Mm -hmm. We aren't starving I say we, like me and you. I'm not talking about myself in third (laughs) person. But you have to convince my brain and myself, me myself and I, because when you're satisfied and you start teaching your mind to live in that satisfied range, your mind will actually start being comfortable there because that will be your new routine. Right is to be in this satisfied range. And then being starving or stuffed doesn't feel right anymore. And you will learn to get in this groove of, that's just where I am. Mm -hmm. And it just takes practice. Mm -hmm. And if you have an off day, get right back on the horse. Right. And don't say, well, I blew it. I can't do this. Right. Would you tell your kids that if they were playing a sport? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You're horrible at this. You need to quit. Well, No, of course not. And think Mm -hmm. about when your children learn a sport and they don't want to practice, but they just want to be good at it. Right. This is the same thing. Yes. You have to practice to get good at being satisfied. Yes. And so give yourself a little room to learn how to do this. It took me months to do it. And there were times when I was a little too hungry and there were times when I was a little too full. And I just kind of honed it in Mm -hmm. and... Learn to be satisfied. And the nice thing about that, being satisfied, is you really don't think about food that much. And it opens up this whole world of what else do I love about my life? Alright, so hunger. I wonder if we should re. Do like a different intro and then get into hunger. Okay, you want to try that? Maybe we should play the song "Hungry Eyes." from am dancing. <laughs> or just sing it. <laughs> we can sing it. We could tell everyone we're doing the lift. <laughs> they would never know. <laughs> well, and then we'd sing it so poorly that they wouldn't sue us for <laughs> Uh, yeah. Those are the words, but.